Welcome to our Daily Inspiration Podcast. As Inspire Church is walking through a 30-day rule of life, whether you are participating fully or just listening, we hope you are blessed. Hey everybody, Pastor Roger here. I am so excited for today because I am not doing this episode by myself. I am with our senior pastor, lead pastor, Philip Mullet. is so glad to be doing this with you. How are you? What's up, everybody? And I'm laughing because, you know, everyone is so used to getting guest speakers that every time my voice pops up or your voice pops up, I'm just thinking, man, we hear those guys all the time. But hopefully you're not turning <laughs> us down. I feel like this is going to be a good one. It will. It will. It will. I'm excited. And I am so excited. I just want to kind of jump right into it yes. um, because uh, this this really this topic on discerning the will of God has created a, quite a buzz. Right. Yeah. Um, and last Sunday's message, bro, man, I think it wrecked most of us because it really challenged us in this area of right. how do we really discern God's will? Right. Right. Um, and so what I'd love to do is just maybe go back to that message. And I just want to encourage everyone to also go back to it and maybe just take some of the points that you brought out and just maybe expound on them a little bit more, uh, yeah. help, you know, bring some clarity. Agree. I agree. I think it's important to revisit the sermon. I think sometimes, and you know, this pastor Roger, uh, many times you preach and you feel like you answer questions. Um, I think last Sunday's sermon might've brought more questions than they answer. <laughs> uh, um, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think there's a beautiful tension in that. So I definitely yes. clarity and peace of mind. I think it's really important to go back over that. So I agree. Yeah, I love it. And uh, one of the uh, really f- uh, f- uh, foundational passages that uh, you read last Sunday uh, was the rose from Romans, the Romans passage. So I, I just would love if maybe uh, you could just kick off this episode by going right back there to Romans yeah. chapter 12. Yeah, it's really good. Let's revisit Romans 12. And I think it's an important point to make right off the bat, lesson number one, when it comes to the will of God, um, we want to know what the scripture says, right? Like we want to know what the objective inspired final authoritative word of God has to say. I think a lot of times when we're trying to discern the will of God, we are going to things outside of the text. Mm. And so we want to start from the text. And I think everyone listening who's a follower of Christ would agree with me. Let's start with the text and then let's build a case outward. So Romans 12, one through three reads like this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And here it is, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. I'm going to say that again. That by testing, mm-hmm. you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I think everybody tuning into the podcast wants to know, how do I test choices so that I could know which decision is God's will for my life? That's the text. That's the word. Now it's time to go forward. 
I love that. I love that because sometimes when we're making decisions, it's not is it's not like it's evil versus good. That seems obvious, right? right. But sometimes it's two very good decisions. Love but that. I, yeah, I heard somebody say that not every good door is a God door, right? And and so I love it. And I think when we look at text, we definitely see in scripture, and sometimes what pops out to us the most are sort of the non-normative, unique ways that God sort of reveals yeah. his will to us, right? Um, and that's like cool. Uh, or sometimes for us, we kind of look for, you know, signs and wonders and, and whatever. Uh, yeah. But one thing that you mentioned on Sunday that I loved was actually what are the normative mm -hmm. uh, ways in which we can seek the will of God? What are the primary and normative ways by which we will discern God's will? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. So I think there's one primary way and one normative way. Uh, and I want to speak to, I think we're very drawn in, right, to the mysteries. Um, mm. we, we are, um, we like the spectacular or we like the instant answer. Um, and I, you know, we want to know like, yes or no, God, right? Should I do this or should I not do this? And I, I you know, and we want, and we want to figure that out quickly. <laughs> like we want to avoid process. We want to avoid waiting. We want to avoid all the things that like God, where God is at. And we want to actually move to, you know, quick answers and quick formulas. Um, and, and so I, I think it's really important for us to establish this. And the key words that we use is the primary and normative way by which God, uh, um, helps us, by which God speaks to us, by which we are to discern God's will, is through a mind that has been renewed by the word. I said primary, and I said normative. I, 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 this is not to say that God doesn't speak in spectacular ways. We see that in scripture. He can speak in dreams. Um, there are many different ways in which God speaks, but those are all subjective ways that need to be submitted to an objective way mm. and 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 the one objective way the concrete way in which we could know is through the revealed written word and so we have to take all of these subjective ideas and thoughts that god he can use some of these elements but they all have to come under the authority of the text under the authority of the word. And so we're not saying that God can't speak in other ways, but we are saying that the primary and normative way and the preeminent way is through the word of God. Um, that's really an important precedent to set. Yeah. Thank you for, for just bringing that clarification. Cause I think some people may have listen to the sermon on Sunday or whatever and think, oh, okay, wait a minute. In fact, you even said this. You're like, I'm not saying God doesn't open doors or I'm not saying that God, you know, won't use dreams, you know, but give but you what you or give you peace that right. god won't give you peace that everything that's the will of god is going to be filled with anxiety of course not right but what you are saying is the primary way the normative way is through the word of god and so uh i love that and i think that that is going to be very helpful for people to hear and process that right and i think some people got a little anxious right because um they're realizing there's a tension now they're realizing that the way that they have been discerning god's will in the past 
we're, we're through some of these secondary subjective ways, right? And, and we, we listed many, right? Open doors, closed doors. I feel peace about it. Look at all these signs God's showing me, right? And we're not saying that God doesn't speak that way, but we're saying that those are all very subjective and that if those are your primary ways, your only ways for discerning the will of God, then you're most likely going to miss it. You're going to end up actually calling something God's will, but really in disguise, it's your will. It's, it's what you want. And so, um, and so we have to bring all of those subjective strategies. And I know some people are probably a little frustrated because maybe mentors, spiritual leaders, previous pastors that they really respected passed these traditions down. But as much as I love people, I'm not here to please people. We have to go to the text first. We have to go to the word and everything else has to submit to that. Otherwise, we're going to be making a bunch of decisions and these decisions are going to be more about pleasing the flesh than about submitting to God's will. Now, I'm going to say something because some people are panicking right now because they are now cross-referencing all the decisions they've ever made. Right, 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 right. right. Yesterday, two weeks ago, are you trying to tell me I am out of God's will? Because that's how I made it. That's how I've been making my whole decision, right? There's some people right now that are probably like, you know, their world is being, you know, um, I don't know, rocked. Maybe not. Maybe I'm giving myself too much credit here. No, I definitely think you're, you're not. I think, I think that's exactly what people are wondering. That's the question. Wait a minute. I've been serving God for 20 years, 10 years, three years, you know, six months. And that's how I discerned God's will. That was, that's been my primary way. So I think it's a really uh, poignant question. Right. So, right. So I'm going to say two things. Number one, now is the time to change, (laughs) right? Like it's never too late to start uh, to transition, you know, a transformation here. So number two is I'm going to help you feel a little bit better. Uh, we talked about God's will, but within his will, we talked about there are two categories of his will, right? There's his secret will or that which we cannot know. <laughs> no matter how hard we pray, how much we fast, how long we read the scriptures, there are many things. In fact, most things in this life and the details, we are not going to know, Pastor Roger. We have mm. to settle that now. In fact, it's a major lesson. Like, most of the things in life you are not going to know, you are not going to comprehend, you cannot control. They are the secret things of God per Deuteronomy 29, 29. They are above your pay grade. They will blow your mind. You wouldn't even know what to do if God revealed it to you. They are for him alone. He is orchestrating every detail out according to his glory. And so Stop being preoccupied with every decision that you've made and start being preoccupied with the revealed word of God. I'm going to tell you something right now. There's no need to look over your past decisions. God's providential sovereignty is reigning over it all. So good. So good. And it's okay. And so let's focus on the revealed word not the secret word. Is that helpful? Anything, anything that you might want to add? Oh, that's a, that's extremely helpful. And I think it, I think for, for many of us, sometimes that's part of our problem is we um, get so focused on wanting to know the mysteries mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that, that we get pre caught up in that, that we don't, we don't focus on, well, what's already been revealed. And I wonder, you know, why is that? What, what is it that, that sort of, causes us to want to, we, we got to know everything about God, you know, yeah, and, and understand him fully. Why, why is that? 
I think it's disguised as wanting to know God, but I think in reality, Roger, if I'm being honest, it's wanting to control God. Ooh, um, okay. I think I think we all are looking for a formula, mm. and that's what religiosity is, right? That it, it, it is wanting these. If I do this, 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 and this, right? If I if I can create this formula that somehow this outcome is going to come, or somehow this is going to be made very clear to me, or I'm going to get the clear answer, right? And the reality is, is like that's not how God works in our lives. He is not interested in telling us the details of our future. He's interested in formation thinking, not future thinking. Right? He's mm. not trying to get you to a place. And we said this on Sunday, but he's trying to form you into the image of his son, Jesus, which means that you have made mistakes in your past. There, are, Trust me, I'm just, let's just settle it now. There are many things that you missed, <laughs> but that did not mess with God's secret will. He's not nervous. He's not afraid. He's not, I don't know what to do with this. I'm surprised. It's all in, under his providential care. And so your primary concern, again, should be with looking like Jesus, with becoming holy, submitting to the revealed word of God. And so really to answer your question, um, I think people want not, I don't think they want to know God. I think they want to control God or they, are they really, really want to have this situational awareness so that nothing feels uh, like it's in the gray. And that's just yeah, like yeah. God does his greatest work in the gray. <laughs> I love that. And, and just, I think when we start thinking about, okay, so I'm going to start shifting my mentality uh, to trying to figure out the secret will of God, the secret aspect of God's will to the revealed aspect of God's will. What does that look like? I mean, maybe can you give us an example of maybe what that decision-making process looks like sure. in reality? Sure. And it's really important. So now that we've set the framework, right? Now that we understand that it's God's word that judges every decision, right? Mm. And, and now that we know that and, and it's God's will for us to look like Jesus so that in every decision that we make, that we would pursue holiness, right? And, and I really, I really kind of want to maybe emphasize this idea that don't get caught up in the details of the will of God, of his secret will. But if you're going to get caught up in anything, pursue holiness. And can mm. I say this, and this might rock somebody's world. If you are pursuing holiness, it doesn't matter what decision you make. Wow. If okay, you're going you to looking, say that again, say it again. If your primary motivation is to look like Jesus and to pursue holiness, mm -hmm. If that is your primary motivation, then you are free to make a choice and know that God has it all under control. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, so what does that look like? Well, a person, a person that, that, um, that thinks that way, 
where yeah. they're like they're they're not in the they're not in the details of this of the secret aspect of God's will, but but right. now they're thinking about okay, who is God forming me to be? What does right. that look like? Right, and 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 that's going to be the big question. Is that, all right, Pastor Phil? I don't want to get caught up in details, but I still got to make a decision. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I still got to know: should I take this job? I still got to know: should I marry this person? Should I move to this place? Should I buy this house? Right. Every day we have decisions to make that are not written in Scripture, and so it's like, all right, thank you for these principles, but I still need to know. And again, I want to remind you, you're not in control. There's not a, there's not a magic formula, but what I want to do is give you some practical steps on how you can apply some tools in order for you to feel better about the decision you make, or to make sure that the lenses by which you look at your choices is through the revealed word of God and not through the patterns of this world. But I want to give an example. I think this is going to be really important. Let's say I work at Google. And at Google, I work on a team. And in that team of 10 people, there are two people in particular that are atheists that over the past year, I have begun to strike up a relationship with. And because I see my primary vocation as being a minister of the gospel, not an employee of Google, that's really important. Mm. Because I look at the world through the lenses of the word, I primarily see myself as a missionary imaging Jesus at Google before I even see myself as an employee of Google. Uh, I, because I see that, let's say that I have been uh, uh, um, slowly ministering to these two individuals on my team who are atheists, and they're starting to ask more questions, they're starting to ask for prayer. In fact, they're starting to ask for a Bible study. And all of a sudden, one day, my team leader comes to me and says, Philip, I have good news. You are getting a promotion. Not only is this going to mean a financial increase for you, but this is going to be an increase of influence. This is going to be great for your career. And it's going to mean that you're going to be able to take on a team for yourself. You're going to be able to have power and status in this place. Now, taking a look at that scenario, the question is, well, what is the Lord's will for my life? This is very generic, Pastor Roger. So I want to make sure uh, uh, that people know this over the top. But mm. as I pray, it is very possible that if my primary desire is to image Jesus, if my primary desire is to uh, um, be in the revealed will of God through the word, it is very possible that I may go back to my team leader and I may say, you know what? Thank you so much for the opportunity to be promoted, but I'm going to have to pass. Now to the world, that would be foolish. And to some people listening, that would be foolishness. But to me, a man who is being formed by the word and wanting to image Jesus my primary mission, my primary vocation is not an employee at Google. It is a man on mission in this world. And the reason why I turned down the promotion and I turned down the higher pay 
is because I felt like through a process of discernment that God wants me to stay on that team longer because I am in a place where I'm leading people to Christ. So wow. let's say I turn down the position. And then as a result of that, a year later, one of those atheists gives their life to Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Which one had more eternal impact? Which one looked more like Jesus? Man. Yeah, I think uh, as, as you're giving this example, and I think this example really strikes at, at our hearts because I think many of us have been in a place like this. And uh, Phil, just to be completely honest, it, that is such a paradigm, sh paradigm shift in our thinking. Um, I don't think uh, many Christians would even, would even think that way. Right. would even begin to contemplate. And there's there's a couple of things that you said that stuck out. Uh, one is the idea of, uh, of that you're at Google uh, not to, you know, gain power or your main, your main reason God has you there isn't to, you know, have money, mm -hmm. but it's to be a light, mm. you know, for him. Uh, it's to be formed and fashioned to his glory at Google, right? And then the other thing that you had mentioned is how how you got to that was through this uh, this process of discernment. Yeah. Um, and I think two things. One is I don't think we understand our our lives fully, and that way we categorize it only to Sunday mornings, and we don't really see our jobs in that way and and ourselves. So our decision making right. isn't influenced. And then the second thing, which I'd love to you know expound a little bit more on, is well, wait, you said the the process of discerning. What what, what are you yeah. talking about? Yeah, definitely. And I want to. I actually want to give a caveat because I think anytime you give an illustration you know, people automatically swing the pendulum, you know, well, Philip said this. And so I'm not <laughs> right. saying you always turn down the promotion, <laughs> you know, I'm not right. saying, you know, it could be another scenario in which your family is struggling, right? The scripture says a man who doesn't provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever, right? And mm. we do everything we work is unto the Lord. And so there might be situations, scenarios where you are to take the promotion, right? You are to get the raise, you are to take care of your family. So I'm not saying, hey, go be broken, make stupid stewardship decisions, you know, because, you know, I'm doing God's will because I've seen people who are just, you know, Hey, I'm going to take the worst road of suffering because that that's what God has. I'm not saying that I'm just mm. using this as an example in that most of the time, I think people are not thinking missionally or people are not thinking biblically with outside of the Sunday morning service. And so God might be calling you to buy that house, right? But not for your own glory, you know, and maybe in that house, you start a small group, maybe that house becomes open in which you engage in gospel hospitality, or maybe you take that promotion, and because more money means you're going to be more generous, it's going to allow you to fund kingdom activities. And so again, I'm just kind of giving different scenarios and just you got to make this decisions, but not primarily through your own motivations or how you what you want, but what you think God wants uh, uh, through his words. So I just wanted to make sure I made that caveat because, you know, people swing pendulums and a bunch of people now are going to quit their jobs. That's not <laughs> suggesting there's no magic formula here. I'm just giving you guys an illustration. So here's what I want to do for the rest of our time. Pastor Roger is 
I want to give everyone, uh, I want to repeat the five steps of discernment, right? Because yeah. God has revealed his will and his will is for us to look like Jesus, right? But that doesn't answer the everyday question. So what happens when there is a decision that we have to make that the scripture doesn't talk about? Like, should I take this job? Like, should I buy this house? Like, should I marry this person? So on and so forth. Every day we're faced with decisions that are not in the text. So what principles uh, can I uh, um, equip myself with so that when I'm faced with the decision, I can be sure that I am choosing what I feel let what uh, I am choosing the will of God versus the many voices and choices that are in the world. So let's let's go there. Is that good? Are we good? I'm doing a lot of time. Yeah, no, I, no, I love it. And I think just everybody, this is a good time to know that, hey, this podcast is going to be here. So if you need to go back and grab a pen, grab right. some paper, this right. is, I mean, you want to start writing this stuff down because this is really going to be beneficial. And email us at inspiredchurches at gmail.com if you would like us to send you these steps um, because nice. some of you are facing a situation right now and you actually want to apply them. So Yes, yes. Number one, this is the preeminent step, Pastor Roger, the most important step. Before all other steps, this step is the most important. Are you ready? Step number one is learn to abide in the vine. Mm. Abide in the vine. In other words, become a person who cultivates regular rhythms of spiritual disciplines in your life. Right? Become a person of prayer. Become a person of the word. Like, Don't just wait until emergency or a big decision. Live a life of prayer. Live a life of the word. Let me tell you why. This is a great analogy, Pastor Roger, that you shared in one of our conversations. I abide with my wife, Jamila. Like, I literally live with her. <laughs> we know right. each other more than nobody knows me better than Jamila and I, nobody knows Jamila better than I. Why? Because we are intimately involved in every detail of our lives. Like you can literally say they abide together, right? And because Jamila and I abide together, right? Because we live life together, we know how each other thinks, yeah. right? And so when either one of us is in a situation or a circumstance, and the other one is not there, because we are so intimately close to one another, the majority of the time, we can understand what the other would say or do in that situation, because we know each other, we've talked to each other. Um, or one of two things happen. Number, you know, when someone comes up to me and, and makes a suggestion, makes an invitation, uh, I, one of two things I can either say, well, let me get back to you. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to talk with my wife, or I could say, you know what? I know my wife. I understand her. I'm intimately involved in every aspect of her life. I know how she would respond to this. And that's what abiding in the vine is. May we be people so immersed in the disciplines of prayer and the disciplines of reading the scripture, may we be so immersed in these that we would be that we be formed in the image of Christ, that 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 we would have the mind of Christ, that when we're faced with decisions, Pastor Roger, we would be able to make those decisions knowing what Christ wants, because we've been with Him. 
Right, right. I love that. And I love that that's the first one because I don't think the other four steps are going to make any sense if, if, the, if the first one is not there. Um, and so in, in the, about five more minutes left in the next five minutes, I'd love to maybe go through these, these four other steps after, after we got step one down. Okay, we are, yeah. we are abiding in the vine yes. um, and taking right. on these rhythms. Number two is uh, uh, enter into a time of praying for indifference. Pray the prayer of indifference. What does that mean? That means you pray a prayer that says, Lord, I am indifferent to everything but your will, right? This is an acknowledgement that I, I have a preferred outcome. Like if I'm faced with a couple of choices, I know that my heart is already leaning somewhere. And so to make sure that I don't automatically go or trick myself or manipulate myself into fooling like, hey, this is God's will, but it's really mine. Before I even decide, I want to come to the table and say, God, I want to be indifferent to everything, but your wow. will. I want your will more than anything else. It looks like this. This is a question you need to ask. What needs to die in order for God's will to be done in my life? This is a commitment to do God's will before it is ever revealed. Um, and so that's, that's, that's the second. Number three, seek wise counsel. Seek wise counsel. Proverbs tells us among many counselors is godly wisdom. Don't just find your homegirl or your homeboy. Find mature men and women in Christ and invite them into your decision-making process. In fact, go as far as to ask them, welcome it. Say, hey, if there's anything I'm not seeing, if there's a blind spot, please, now is the time to share. And so this is not only partnering with mature men and women in Christ, but inviting them uh, to share with you uh, uh, um, the pros and cons of the decision-making. That's the okay, so that. just really quick. So let's just recap before we go on. So number sure. one, abide in the vine. Yes. Number two, pray for indifference. Number three, seek wise counsel, which is so huge, right? Okay, and then now let's go on number four. Number four, and this is one of my favorite, examine your heart. Paul says, examine your heart daily to even determine and discern, test to see if you're even in the faith. And so a prayer of examination is a deep pondering it's it's walking with jesus it's processing out loud with the holy spirit so i'm going to give you several questions to ask yourself before you make a decision here are the questions number one the first question is this choice consistent with what i know about the mind and heart of jesus right and so you're looking at decisions that you have to make you ask yourself which one is consistent with the mind and heart of jesus Question number two, how will this direction nurture the development of the fruit of the spirit in my life? And so before I make a decision, I want to know that does that decision put me in a place where it's going to form and fashion me and produce spiritual fruit? Number three, how does this choice fit with what others, right? This is the council and community part. How does this choice fit with what others have observed about me and who is God is shaping me to become? And so again, sometimes if it's just us, we're going to have these really weird, distorted views of ourselves, inflated views, or even insecure views. And so we want to bring mature people alongside of us so that this decision can be done in an understanding of community. Okay. Number four, 
how does this choice fit in with the overall direction and calling of my life? Mm. Like, do you know your spiritual gifts? Do you know uh, the talents that God has given you? Are you using it for the kingdom or are you using it for the world? And so how does this decision align with what I've been equipped and called to do? And that's going back to the Google example, right? Like I am equipped and called not just to make money at Google, but even greater than that, my primary vocation is to be a minister of the gospel. And so uh, finally, the final question in this section, and this is my favorite prayer of examine. It says, how does this choice fit in with the overall? I just said that. I'm going to, I'm reading from a piece of paper. Finally, number five, <laughs> here it is. It is, what is the primary driving force behind this decision? Wow. So good. That's a process of examining idols. Am I being motivated to decide based on a need for pleasure, mm. based on a need for power, uh, based on a need for status, right? And so again, you're asking your question, what is the primary driving force behind this decision? And another way you can ask this, and I love this, does this choice value what is eternal and permanent or what is temporal and passing? Mm. I think too many times we make decisions that are driven by temporal and passing things, right? Jesus told us to lay up our treasures in heaven, right? Where neither moth or rust or robber can break in and steal, right? And so that's, we want to decide like which decision, going back to our Google example, right? That, that making more money is not necessarily permanent and eternal. But how beautiful would it be if that atheist on your team came to know Christ and now his eternity is secure? What a treasure to pursue as opposed of the treasures of this world. And finally, Pastor Roger, number five, and I think this is really maybe a breath of a sigh of relief for every, for every perfectionist in listening, thinking they got to get everything right. I want you to know <laughs> right, your number right. one goal is not to be preoccupied with the secret things of God, but just to look like, just, just pursue holiness and your decisions will come out well. So number five, here it is. Are you ready? So number one, we did um, abide in the vine. Number right. two, pray for indifference. Number three, seek wise counsel. Number four, examine your heart. And finally, number five, trust in the Lord. At the end of the day, you got to make a decision, right? You can't stay, you know, uh, analysis paralysis, right? You can't just stay there forever and wait for a lightning bolt or a word from heaven. At the end of the day, all you can do is pursue holiness, desire to look like Christ, follow these steps, and then make the decision. That's it. Make the decision. Make the choice. You're like, well, wait a minute. What if it's the wrong one? No. I want you to know that's not your job to worry about that. It's going to be fine. God is going to work it out as long as your primary pursuit is to look like him, is to pursue holiness. Just trust God. Walk by faith. At the end of the day, I want to say this. We all make a decision based on a naked faith. Like We do our best, and then we let God handle the rest. And he will, because he's a good God. And so we need to trust him. I love it. I love it. Wow. This episode has been um, 
so powerful as as you have just answered and clarified so many points uh, that I had. Uh, and I one thing that I love about this is that uh, sometimes when we when we teach something or when we preach something, we ourselves are, are learning it as well. And we're on our journey. One thing I love about this situation is that uh, this the, this process is something that you personally have done in your own life. You know, when it come, came to like you and Jamila and how the Lord called you to plant Inspire and what decisions, you know, uh, came from that and, and how you guys arrived there. And so I just can I, can I say something you. really quick there? And I know we're trying to, yeah. talk, but, you know, uh, someday if you're interested, ask me about this process of discerning the will of God as to whether or not God wanted us to plant this church. It's a really crazy story, but I'll never forget. And my family might be listening. One of the things that we did is we prayed and we fasted and we sent letters to people who were close to us, including our family members, asking them to pray and fast with us about this decision. After a month of prayer and fasting, we invited our family, our close family over to our house, our small little apartment. Uh, <laughs> we had everyone sit in a circle and Jamila and I, humbly asked them not if we should do this or not but we humbly asked them to point out any blind spots or any things that they felt nervous about or afraid about in this decision uh, we didn't just ask them to be positive we gave them permission to say things that might be perceived as negative it was a very powerful moment to hear their hearts concerns and their hearts cries and it was a big part of our discernment process. So I just wanted to share that. Yeah, that's, I mean, and, and again, that just strikes at sort of the, the whole, this whole conversation, this entire conversation is, is around this fact that I just, many of us don't do this. Right. We, we don't come close to this when it comes to inviting God into the process of, 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 of our decision-making. And, and so um, I know that uh, this has been a treasure for me, and I know that this is going to be a treasure for so many others. So thank you so much, Pastor Phil, for taking time to just uh, expound more on Sunday's message and, and answer some questions and, and really uh, bring some clarity and, and uh, allowing the Holy Spirit just to continue to teach us what it is to abide in Jesus Christ. Amen. I love it. Thank you guys so much. And remember, don't be preoccupied with the secret things. Just pursue holiness. You're going to be just fine. We love you guys. God bless. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you are inspired as we journey together to reorient our lives in life-giving practices as demonstrated in God's Word.